Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Danny and Dusty. Merangatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new. With Danny Merang and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. All throws of monkey sounds in there called good. The old Danny Merang pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. The Fan. Good afternoon and welcome in to Danny and Dusty. Uh, the Merangatang is there. Feeling good? In fine, fine form, let me tell you. Mm. Oh, why so fine? I mean, good basketball last night, man. Oh, he already wants to dive in. Not even, not even, not even sportsing. It was... Mm. Moda Center was, was, dare I say, lit. I, I, You know, I had that in my notes. I was watching that game on the television, and I noticed it did feel like it was a more raucous environment. Wait, you got Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did we have a glitch? I don't. I don't know. Yes. I, oh, I think we had a glitch in the matrix there for a second. Yeah. <laughs> I heard. No, it looked like and... it was a raucous environment at Moda Center, and it was kind of a good feeling to see that kind of reinvigorated fan base. It was like they were beat down again. Yeah, there was. We'll, we'll talk about the game plenty, but the environment last night. Damian Lillard talked about like he had to stop and take a moment when Anthony Simons was going off. He had to take it all in. He said it felt like the roof was going to blow off and the fans were going to fall down on him. Like it was. Yeah, there was a point where Jeremy Grant, in that third quarter, there was a kick out to Jeremy Grant on the wing, and I thought if he hit that, roof would have blown off. It was one of those plays where Ant was on fire and then he just kicked out and went, boop, wide open look. But it did feel like it was one of those games. Yeah, and it, it the, the, the energy carried throughout the, the entire night, and you could feel it in the fan base. There was a... There was a sense of relief in Moda last night after last season. <laughs> Le- legitimately. Like, there, people were excited. And not a, oh, that was fun. Like, it was, it's a brand of basketball that is, that it, it encapsulates you. It brings you in, getting up and down. And, and again, I don't, I don't want to, like, harken back to the days of Buck, you know, Duck, Cliff, Clyde, Terry, all that kind of stuff. But... It's if you're if you're if you're on the the sliding scale, you're more towards that than you have been in the last twenty years. Well, and this is not just Portland or the state of Oregon or anywhere else, but 
this is just fandom in general. Uh, I mean, the 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 whole fair weather fan thing that's completely separate from this. When your team is good, when your fan base has something to look forward to, it is a, an incredible environment that you can't replicate on TV. Like everything that you want to see, and all the. TV contracts and all of the network executives, they want to make it so the TV product is better than what go, what you see it live. But I will tell you, even though it's only 29000 at Reeser, the small, and it's only 60000 at Otzenstein, and Moda Center, when it's 19000 strong, there's nothing like a live environment when your team is good and you feel like your team is doing something that they haven't done in a long time. And that's what the Blazers are doing. That's what the Ducks are doing and what the Beavers are doing. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a good time to be in the Northwest. I mean, you can go to the Mariners. You can go to the Seahawks. You can go to the Ducks. You can go to the Beavers. You can go to the Blazers. Everybody's in a good place, which is kind of interesting because if you look back over the last couple of years, that really hasn't been the case. Across the board, it, it, it was really a, a down period for Northwest sports. Yeah, the, the Ducks had you know a, a, a solid run a couple of years ago, but in between, they like they were rebuilding, retooling. Not really sure on sound footing. Tell me again, does this sound familiar, Blazers fans? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and the same thing with the Mariners. They are they committed? Are they not? What are they going to do? They you know they end up going younger and building things up from there. And I feel like that's that's got to be reaffirming to kind of everybody, all the fans in the Northwest. And you saw it last night. And again, they're, they're 4-0. Uh, it'll eventually, you know, they'll, they'll pick up some losses. There's no doubt about it. What? But they're, but they're playing a brand of basketball that's that's fun. It's interesting. It's it's new. It's exciting. And it's not even just the fact that, like, it's new players. It's a it's a mentality. And we'll, we've got some great sound from Dame last night post game, just kind of like what that mentality meant. But I, I, I've, I got home. A uh, little before midnight last night after post-game media availability. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a live show because I still had so much energy because it was mm-hmm. like a, even the media members, we're, we were all riding the high of that third quarter. Like, and, and you, 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 you kind of just feel and feast on that energy. And it's just, it's, it's man, after everything they, they went through last year, it's just so much more fun. It is, and I think that retooling in that kind of new culture, we're seeing that instituted across the board in all of those teams that you said. From You started with the Mariners, and then you went to the Ducks and the Beavs and the Blazers. There is a new culture, a new attitude, and I think that it is, it's really fun to see. Um, and like this texture says, you know, best local sports weekend I've ever attended. I attended the Ducks, Thorns, and Blazers back oh, to back man. to back. <laughs> For a non-title, like non, like I guess with the Thorns, that's that was a near title because they're obviously off off now to the title game, the semifinal. Yeah, yeah, but I mean for a for like regular season stuff, you don't get better than that. No, I mean that's incredible. You 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 had a home run sports weekend. I I hope that whoever went on that brought people with them to experience that because that's that is tremendous. Because Ducks game that place was roaring. Thorns game, massive, massive uh, game winner from Crystal Dunn. Was it four months removed from pregnancy to send them to a title game? And you've got Damian Lillard going for 30-plus again. Anthony Simons going for 22 and a quarter and six of six from three before finally missing one. Like, that's those are 
those are fun, regular season-type memories that you can build on for years. You know what? I can add to this. I had a fun night last night because Chauncey Bubs called me a nerd. Oh. <laughs> well, what, how, in what context did he call you a nerd? I, he, didn't, he didn't call me a nerd, but uh, I asked him a, a, a very long-winded question that I try to avoid doing, but it needed the context around it. But it, it, it had... Uh, it had some some numbers, some some synergy data, and kind of points per possession. And long, the roundabout point of this is that uh, he got done with it, and he, he looked at me and 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 basically said, uh, "You just threw a lot of numbers and bleep at me. Uh, I need to go back to school to understand what it is that you just said." <laughs> and he did it with a with a wink and a smile, and then he answered my question. And then you know, as he's walking out of the room, he kind of you know gives me a fist bump and a wink, just like ah, I'm messing with you. But oh man, it, you tried. You did nerd him. You nerded him. I did. I, no, Chauncey is certified. He's hooper. gonna give you a wedgie. Yeah, no, Chauncey is a certified hooper. I think at this point, uh, with Halloween being close to Friday, I, I think I'm gonna show up Friday for Friday's game with a pocket protector, pens, like tape up my glasses, just lean into the full nerd, that, <laughs> just just for pregame availability, just to mess with him a little bit. Oh man! All right. Well, uh, you know, we, you're already you've already nerded out with with Chauncey Billups. We'll nerd out on the Blazers today. We've got actually a couple of NBA notes because um, there's one team that is already um, ripping apart in the locker room right now. Uh, we've got body shaming um, is is a thing in the NBA right now. Uh, do you see what Carl Anthony Towns did? Oh, it's tremendous content. Yes, Carl uh, Anthony Towns has had enough, <laughs> he does it. He's going to just go ahead and body shame Anthony Edwards. We've got a ton of football. We have uh, the NFL leftovers with meat on the bone coming up at one o'clock. Uh, we are one week away from the college football playoff rankings being debuted oh. for the first time. That in the Pac-12 actually has a chance of getting in. This is crazy. Which, I don't know how to feel about this. Yeah, they, they have a legitimate chance in the right now playoff, and then if you fast forward a couple of years when they open it up to 12, two, maybe three? Mm-hmm. Perception is a changing, though, uh, with the college football playoff, and we'll talk about that coming up today. Um, and then from the world of college football, here's a question for you. Which fan base wants out more? Texas A&M. With Jimbo Fisher, there's new news, new news on him. Miami with Mario Cristobal. Michigan State with Mel Tucker. Mm. The buyouts are incredible. We'll talk about those and in, in where those fan bases are going. It really makes you feel a heck of a lot better about where the local schools are with their head coaching positions when you hear about what's going on with uh, Texas A&M, Miami, and Michigan State. But where we got to start this bad boy is there's a lot of unknown with this Blazers team. One thing is for sure, though. We got it next. Danny and Dusty on 1080 The Fan. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours. The energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Portland Trailblazers, boom, boom, bam. The uh, Denver Nuggets, 135-110 last night in Moda Center. 82-0. Let's go. Still on the table, Danny. Uh, it is. I, I mean, hell, I tweeted it last night. It's still on the table. Technically there. Um, hell of a performance last night from the Portland Trailblazers. And we'll, we'll kind of get into the, the nuts and bolts of it here in a second. But just kind of top line, this is a game that, it should have been a schedule loss, and it would have been a schedule loss for this team in the past. Uh, on a back-to-back road home, mm-hmm. you kind of sneak away away from the Lakers, and your your starters are playing 36, 37 minutes, kind of down to the wire win. Thankfully, it was a 12-30 game, so they get home. I talked to a bunch of guys who were in the travel party. They got said they got back to their homes between, somewhere between 6.30 and 8, depending on where they lived. And um, that's, that's huge. Yes. Actually, that is a big deal when you're talking about the, the travel on back-to-backs because you mentioned like 7 or 8 o'clock at night. That is the difference between getting there about 2 and 3 in the morning on some of these trips. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. is like More often than not, when they when they come home from a road trip, they're getting home like in their beds at like 3.34 in the morning by the time it's all said and done. And it's just you, you, you get done, you go to shoot around at, you know, Three thirty, four o'clock. I mean, you really think about it. It's especially after a long road trip, it can wear you down. But thankfully, uh, like I said, they got home early, got rested, got ready to go. But they did look like a team that came out on a, as a team that played on a back to back. They had rubber legs in the first quarter. Uh, the Nuggets jumped on them. Aaron Gordon just repeatedly dunked on them over and over again. Yusuf Nurkic seemed not seemingly. Yusuf Nurkic missed every shot that he took. Uh, he worked incredibly hard to get great position, and then somehow just puked all over the rim. Um, <laughs> Anthony Simons missed his first shot and kind of looks around the press row like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And then Ant gets a three. Then he knocks down a layup. Then he knocks down a layup and then pulls up for a jumper. And you're like, oh, there's a little bit of that. But Damian Lillard steadies the boat, and he goes off in the first quarter. Look, that third quarter was absolutely incredible, though, from Anthony Simons. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we've seen – I don't know if I, I've seen a guy just – he used up all of his makes in that quarter. He had 29 points on the game, what, 22 in that third quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was in fuego. He could not miss in that third period where the that game, you want to talk about the, the game being in doubt, they were trailing at half. And that drive that Damian Lillard had at the end of the half where he took it, you know, was it from, from midcourt and basically just – barreled down and dipped his shoulder and went to the rack uh, to make it, what is a five-point break? Uh, at the break, it was, what, seven-point uh, lead for Denver, 61-55 at, at the half, right? Mm-hmm. And, 
um, that was kind of like a momentum changer for the Blazers. He hits, he hits that bucket at the at the buzzer. They go into the break down by seven after what was a, a pretty big lead at times. You win that second quarter, but then you come out in the third quarter, and with Anthony Simons putting on the show that he did, 22 of his 29, he could not miss. He was like heat check after heat check where it was just like you wanted him to pull the trigger on any shot on the floor, and he was doing it in so many different ways from beyond the arc, from getting to the rim. He unloaded the entire basket of tricks that he has. And that's the thing about Anthony Simons is that uh, I've maintained and been steadfast in this is that he's one of the best shooters in the NBA. This whole three game, there, there wasn't a shot that he took in the first three games where I was like, that's a bad shot for him. He just wasn't hitting him. And I, I talked to him about it, and he goes, I say, you know, how you feeling? You know, where are you at with this? And he said, uh, I'll be fine. The thing is, we're winning right now. That's all that matters. It's, it's such a huge mentality shift mm-hmm. for him because in his first four years in the league, well, really three and a half years in the league, his, his things really changed for him, obviously, in January of this year when he took reins of the team when, when Dame officially went down for the season. And that month of December was a nightmare for him. He lost his grandfather. Uh, he, I believe he got sick. He had a, a bit of a nagging issue. CJ's got a collapsed lung. Neil's getting fired. I mean, it was a disaster for the Blazers. And I was like, how are you kind of managing all this? Because he had been in and out of the lineup, and uh, his minutes had been in flux. Things were just kind of all over the place because it was bat-ass crazy with the Blazers. And he was really kind of questioning things. And then, unfortunately, his, his grandfather, who he was very close with, passed. And Ant was, wasn't with the team for a couple of days. He, he went and saw him before he passed. And then he came back on January 5th, the, I believe it was the next day, against the Atlanta Hawks, and absolutely torched the Hawks. It went full nuclear on them. And that was the moment of when you saw Anthony Simon's mentality change. And it carried into that next six weeks where he basically got himself a $100 million contract. And you saw that last night, that just stick to it. It'll be there. Dame's got the trust in me. He's, you know, the team has a trust in me. The organization has a trust in me. And they, he went out there and showed it. He, he's one of the most explosive scorers in the entire league. And I don't say that lightly because everybody's like, oh, you know, you're, you're the ant guy. No, he's one of those guys. And you saw what he did last night and how special he can be. And I'll be honest, I think that this this team has more. I think they have more to give. And that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they're going to go 82-0, and 0, they're going to win the title. But I think there's a, a world that exists where you get ant performances like this, not necessarily the 22 and a quarter, but where him and Dane both combined for 60 on wild efficiency while also playing defense. Like, there's a world where that exists. And, and if that world exists... That opens the door for the Trailblazers that hasn't been there really for the last 10 years. Well, I think that that is something that we're, we're starting to see, and you mentioned that that defensive side is they're starting to find that identity. And really, a defensive identity is they want to by all five guys. Mm-hmm. And you're starting to see what that looks like with Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons in this group because the first half was not, it, as you mentioned, in the first quarter they look kind of zombie-esque, mm-hmm. like the, the, the miles that they put on them in, in L.A. kind of wore them out. But that second half, man, they look like a completely different uh, defensive team. Yeah, that's the thing is that they have something they can lean on, right? That's, that's really the difference is that in the past, that really in all these games, you look at them, the Suns game, they're down five in overtime. They, they, realistically, they probably should have lost that game. 
They're down eight to the Lakers at two minutes to go. They probably should have lost that game. They probably shouldn't have even been in both those games. They started incredibly poor. Hell, they have started poorly in all four of their games, and that is going to come back to bite them. Don't, don't get it yeah. wrong. They need to find a way to land a first punch in a game very, very soon. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to save themselves. At least it's not the Terry Stotts third quarter was. Yes, and that's honestly, <laughs> it's flipped on its head. They've been great in third quarters. They've, they've come out with energy and tenacity. Literally, it has been their, their saving grace. They've been tremendous in third quarters so far. But there's, they have other ways to win games because they have other players who can win you games with, outside of scoring. And that's been the big thing. And I asked Damian Lillard about that last night, about the, the defensive identity and kind of where this team is. And he had this to say. At the end of quarters, I do it all the time. You know, I, I'm going to look for whatever defender I want to guard me at the end of the quarter, have his man set a screen, and that's the matchup I want. And, you know, we've had it happen, you know, for the first couple games for everybody pretty much. You know, they like, they'll call Ann up there. They'll call, you know, Josh up there. And every time somebody get caught up there, we taught to jump switch, jump out there and, like, get ready to guard. So um, my man ran into a screen, and I was like, switch, <laughs> you know, like we're going we gonna to see about it on the island. And that's what our mentality as a team has been. You know, we're going to see about it. You know, if you're going to break me off, then break me off. But, you know, it ain't just going to – it ain't going to just be sweet. And um, I thought that was a terrible call. <laughs> he threw that in there. I, I asked That's Damian Lillard about a specific play about pre-switching at Anthony Simons at the end of the quarter, uh, where uh, he got matched up with Jamal Murray, and in the past, you know, like, oh man, what's what's going on here? I mean, we, we, Dame is, you know, he's need to be put in pick and roll situations at the end of quarters or ISO situations against scoring guards. But you can, you can l- listen to what he's saying, Dusty. Yeah. He's talking about wanting to take on the defensive challenge, and you can hear it in his voice. Well, I we, think we're going to see about it. The two guys that kind of embody that are the two guys that they brought in for this, this entire reason. Jeremy Grant won, but I find myself loving everything Josh Hart is doing mm-hmm. more and more because he is that Jay Wright, Villanova, I'm going to play defense and hunker down, and, mm-hmm. and I, any way that I can contribute to a win is is what we need to do. He is, in the last two games, recorded 27 rebounds <laughs> and 12 shot attempts. Tell me, is that, that good like, for that, a 6'5 that yard? That, to me, I'm just like, yes. 27 rebounds, only 12 shot attempts, and he's a guard. And he loves it. <laughs> and the thing is, he loves it because here's the thing. You know, what he, you know where he wants? He doesn't, he doesn't want to shoot threes. It's, it's not what he wants to do. What he wants to do is get out in transition and go one-on-two, one-on-three, just bully you. And I've always said, it's a bummer that Jay Wright kind of hung it up, but if, if you gave me a draft class outside of like you know generational players and you said all these players are relatively the same, I would the first thing I would ask you is, are any of these guys coached by Jay Wright? Mm-hmm. Because Jay Wright guys, Villanova guys, and, and before this it was the Marquette guys, like the, the Wes Matthews, D-Wades, Jay Crowders, like that, that group, like – those are the kind of guys you serve as the foundation, the backbone of your team. And yeah. you can feel it emanating throughout the team is because as good as they are offensively, and by the way, Damian Lillard is on a magical FU tour right now. He's shooting 50-40-90, Dusty. 50-40-90 and over 30 a game. I've heard that's pretty well, good. That's good. Is that good? Yeah. On last, a- last Blazer to do that, Myers Leonard, right? <laughs> true, true. Uh, but Dame's doing it on a significantly uh, <laughs> <That's so bad. laughs> uh, more volume. 
Uh, and the, the thing is, the, stat, the telling like group of statistics for me that has been huge in these first four games, in three of the four games, Dusty, 50 points in the paint, 20 fast break points, 30 or more free throws. They've done that in three of the four games. There's a little nastiness to him, a little bit of grittiness to him. It's, it's that Detroit from Chauncey Billups coming through. And he in the pregame, he brings that up pretty regularly. My time in Detroit, my time in Detroit, when we were in Detroit. He is falling back on that and talking about, you know, he'll they'll talk about his time with Ben or with Rip or with Tayshawn and, and kind of like he, I mean, he's a, a title winner. And then they went to the finals again the next year. You know, he's, Chauncey knows what it needs, what what it takes to be there. And he's able to convey it in a, in a manner that makes sense. But even more than that, they have the dudes now to at least get closer, some facsimile of what they want to be as a team. Absolutely. Even if it's not perfect, they, you can see the bones of what Cronin and Billups have put together and what their aspirations are with this group. Look, 44-point third quarter, half of those points coming from Anthony Simons and, and Damian Lillard, obviously, kind of. He has he has a different demeanor about himself, too, that is he's still an explosive player. He's a great player when the ball is in his hand. But it just looks like when Dame is on the floor, he is more of, like, the general as opposed to, like, William Wallace, who had to, like, ride his horse in first mm-hmm. and, like, be the human sacrifice. He, what Dame is doing now is he's kind of sitting back, and it's like he's, well, Chauncey. He has a little bit of Chauncey with the ability to score exponentially greater than Chauncey Billups ever did. It's almost as if between the ears he's kind of reined it back a little bit as I have to be the guy to do this. I'm going to let some other guys work in front of me. And that's the big thing here is that I – I have tried to convey this message for years that the offensive burden that Damian Lillard has had to carry for the last five years is was so exponential that I understood him not being a great defender. Mm-hmm. It's, he ha- Besides C.J. McCollum, they didn't have any other guys who could dribble, pass, and shoot. Every night he had to be God mode for them to be successful, and he was. But the trade-off was you got to cover for him defensively because he's got to give yeah. so much offensively. They, I, cannot, I cannot exaggerate just how much better and more sense this roster makes for him than what they had before. Well, they, there's a lot of unknowns about this team, including how many of these guys are going to be around come uh, trade deadline mm-hmm. and, and where they're at at that point or how good and what the ceiling is. One thing that's for damn sure, this team is watchable, and they are fun as hell to watch. I think it is for myself, it's, it's, time it's actually to make, enjoyable to watch the Blazers again. It's time to make sweeping generalizations after four games and stick with them through all 82. Absolutely. Eight, right. 82 and 0, baby. Uh, at least 76 and 6. I mean, I'll take a new all-time record. That works for me. <laughs> you know. They, they are fun to watch, though. And I'll give a – can we give an alley-oop to a couple of guys? Because Dame and Ant deserve a ton of the credit. Mm-hmm. How about Nasir Little having a game yesterday? He's been uh, he's been really good uh, outside of this, the okay. first game. The like the, the yeah. last three games, you feel him on the floor again. You can see he's rounding into form and getting getting into shape. And then, uh, well, he knocked down a couple of threes too, which mm-hmm. was good to see from Nas. But especially after what when he drafted him, what was his college career three point shooting? Wasn't he like a twenty three percent? 
Oh, Nasir, yeah. He, he, he spent he's his awful. first two years in the league rebuilding his shot. So anytime he makes like two threes, I'm just overjoyed and I feel so happy for him. So first alley-oop goes to Nasir Little. The second alley-oop, Shaden Sharp. An- another solid like, hey, okay. A little golf clap here we'll give we'll give to Shane Sharp. He's so far down the line of good things right now, but he's so important to what they want to do going forward. Chauncey puts him on the floor and in important minutes before they really close that game out, and he was a part of the lineup that has really helped turn the tide in, in basically every single game. And then you talk about Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant had the quietest 21-point night I've ever seen. I like that. You'd love to see it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's our alley-oops for the Blazer game. Hey, they're 4-0. Um, look, maybe not 82 no, but 76 and 6, we'll, we'll just go from there. I'll tell you this. Hang the banner. All of the good stuff that's happening right now, I still think they're a 43 win team, 44 win team, like right in that area. But they have, they've shown enough, at least in these first four games, that their style, if they exceed those wins, I won't be surprised. And in barring injury, if they were under those wins, I would be surprised. Mm hmm. Look, they're finding an identity, and it's only four games. And, uh, look, we have to say that – no, we don't have to. We just find ourselves saying this after every single one of these. Guys, it's only four, but you're starting to see everything that they were talking about. Little by little, they're building. I I just still think that this is about a 500 team, a little over 500 team. They're going to be battling. They have grinded out some wins. But you know what? They've gotten them. They're four and zero, and it's crazy to think the schedule does not get any easier moving forward. No, it gets tougher. It is brutal. <laughs> they they've, they're going to wrap up a little uh, homestand here on Friday. They get four days off, which is unheard of in an NBA season. But then they're going to play six games in eight days. Okay, and that <laughs> is where the rubber will meet the road. And that's why these four games are important, though. Getting that's them, why yes. taking these when you can is important. Yeah, six-game six road trip in eight days is not uh, – I don't care how good of a team you are. That's that's a kick in the teeth. All right. We're, we got, Rust is measuring out the dimensions. We're going to put a banner up, 4-0, for the first time since 1999. Huh? 4-0 for the first time since 1999. First time this millennium? What's kind of insane to think about. I think that was my not-so-slim-shady days where I actually bleached my hair. Ooh. I would pay to see those photos. We know we we need, we need like we need to get some gambling going on here where we have to do horrible things with our hairs. We're at a point where we need to cherish the fact we have our hair. Listen, I got a haircut yesterday, and I, it hit the like the hair hit the floor. Mm-hmm. It not a, not a lot of color in it. Oh, I turned not a lot everything. of color in it. Yep, it's, it's not wrong. Well, there we go. Not white. Okay, uh, Blazers four zero uh, for the first time this century, first time this millennium, and. <laughs> There's no apologies for it. Uh, all right, a quarterback controversy brewing. Maybe? No. Yes? Maybe. Here's Rust. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, the fan. Danny Morang, you asked me yesterday why anybody would be betting the Bears on Monday Night Football. Who knows? And I told you, have you seen the New England Patriots lately? That was 
brutal to watch. And we just got done talking about the Portland Trailblazers, and I can say this, um, you're welcome, Rip City. (laughs) Because the time that I gave up on the New England Patriots on the main screen and shoved them to the second screen and and put the Blazers on the main screen is when Dame, at the end of the half, took it to the rack, laid it in. And that was like when the snowball effect happened. Uh, so when the Blazers got on the main screen, that's when they took off and the and the Patriots went to the secondary screen. So if that says anything, that's pretty early in the Patriots game. I gave up on them. and um, Who gave up sooner, you on the Patriots game or Bill Belichick on Mac Jones? Oh, good question, and it is Bill Belichick on Mac Jones. Ah, six whole passes, huh? Yeah, that was. Uh, he only got a couple series in before old Mac threw an interception, and they went to Bailey Zappi, who is actually named after Bailey on Party of Five. Oh, Barf, are you serious? That is something that they mentioned on the pregame show. His mom was pregnant with him and was watching a lot of Party of Five and Bailey from Party of Five, played by Scott Wolf. Yeah, she she really liked the name Bailey, so that's how Bailey Zappi got his name. You're kidding me. I'm, I wish I was. See, now this I is one of those, like, mother-father-parent agreements where, you know, like... They'll be like, oh, well, the mom gets to name one kid, and then I get to name the other one. Those kinds of yeah. those those agreements don't work. I will tell you this right now. If my wife tries to name our kid after a Bachelor in Paradise member, I, mm-hmm. it's not happening. No. 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 Like, it, Bailey better have a brother named, like, Axel or... <laughs> Something extremely, like, Nordic and mean. Stone. Yeah, like, what's your brother's name? Sledgehammer? Sledgehammer Magnuson. Zappy. Give, like, me, give me a Magnuson. Okay. Yeah, my mom named me. Uh, Dad got to name the other. (laughs) Hi, Bailey. Uh, Hi, Magnuson. (laughs) That's not cool. Uh, But Bailey Zappi, he came in the game, and um, look, he came in right away, and he threw a touchdown, and it was not a particularly great throw. He underthrew his receiver, um, and the receiver had to, like, fall down and then get back up and dive towards the pylon. It was actually very similar to the throw that Mac Jones got picked off and got him pulled from the game. Uh, and Bailey Zappi threw two other interceptions. But here's the thing is Mac Jones being limited with his ankle spray and the fact that Bailey Zappi had performed equal to Mac Jones, there may be a quarterback controversy in New England. It- Listening to Mac Jones in the post game, he Sad, sounded like a just a browbeaten child, and it was it was honestly a bit of a hard listen. I, I got to catch uh, probably an eighth of this game via laptop or screens on on the wall at Moda uh, in press row, like just kind of checking out where things were at. And, and honestly, most of the time, I got to see just the Bears for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. The timing worked out that way. But I've got an hour drive home after the game, and I got all of the audio. And <laughs> listening to Mac Jones, it was like I was driving. I was like, oof, this is. Somebody kicked his puppy. It's seriously. And they asked him, uh, a reporter asked him, like, what did it feel like to hear them chanting Bailey Zappi and knowing, like, you're not in the game? Like, they were, like, yeah. they were giving it to him. And he, you could, like, his response was, it's about as professional as could get. Without being like, really, you're going to ask me that? Like, of course it sucked. But he, he dropped us like a, you know, I just got to be better and I, I'll, I'll get back to it. Like, you could just tell he was not having it. And 
I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. It couldn't happen to a better organization, let me tell you. That, that organization deserves some bad quarterback luck. Um, but with that being said, is it really a controversy when your quarterback controversy is basically a, a you know a double-headed coin? Yeah, no. They're the the problem is that they're the same guy. Yeah. And Bailey Zappi was the sixth round pick, and Mac Jones was the first round pick, and that is it. That's the huge. I mean, that's the huge issue that the Patriots have. It's not the only issue that they have. And the fact that you have a fan base that is infatuated with six-round picks because the 199th pick of the draft in 1999 uh, turned out to be a guy who started for nearly two decades straight for that franchise and won six Super Bowls for him. And that is the biggest uphill battle that Mac Jones has against Bailey Zappi is that the backup quarterback's the most popular guy in town in every NFL city. Especially in New England, when you got a sixth rounder sitting right behind you, and so it is one of many issues that New England has, including Bill Belichick after the game really not helping the situation. If you told ESPN that the intention was to play both quarterbacks in this game, was that because of Mac Jones' health? Yeah, that was a factor. Yes. Bill, who is the starting quarterback? Yeah, we just finished the game. So when Mac came out of the game, Bill, was that a medical decision, the timing of the no. pulling him? So was that related to the, the interception that was his no. last play tonight? No, we we had planned to play. Uh, I told the quarterbacks that we were going we to play both of them. So we did. And so was the plan for three series. It just seems... When his last plays an interception, it looks like a, a benching for performance. That's not what it was, but you, you know, can write whatever you want to write. That's not what it was. <laughs> well, then what the hell was it, Bill? Yeah, the, it, look, they have a big issue. Mac Jones is going to be the guy. He will be the guy to start uh, in the next game too, most likely. But Mac Jones is not the issue. Because Justin Fields looked like a Pro Bowl quarterback at times last night. They gave up 243 yards rushing to the Chicago Bears. Those are issues. The fact that there was pressure all night long on the quarterback, be it Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi, that was a massive issue. The fact that the New England Patriots were only able to rush for 70 yards in that game. And when the, the game wasn't in doubt, and when the Patriots, by the way, had a lead at one point at 14-10, to 10, they were unable to run the football still. The, this New England Patriots team has got a litany of issues on top of Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones essentially being the same quarterback, maybe even the same person. Have you seen their pictures side by side? Oh, you can't tell them apart. They look almost identical. It's it's kind of creepy, but you have way more issues than just Zappy or Mac Jones because the Bears went in and they mopped the floor with the New England Patriots, and that wasn't just because of the quarterback position. It was they couldn't run the football. And look, we've seen the same thing with great quarterbacks across the league. Tom Brady is a great example of this down in Tampa right now. We were we were discussing this yesterday. The three teams that are at the bottom of the NFL in rushing. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Indianapolis Colts. 
They have three very good quarterbacks. And Frank Reich even took a podium yesterday, and he went on a long diatribe about how the benching of Matt Ryan, he had to tell Matt Ryan, we didn't hold up our end of the bargain because we told you we were going to have one of the best rushing attacks in all the NFL. And that was going to help you out. If you cannot run the ball, you're very good and even great in the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. You can look very average. You run the ball for 243 yards like the Chicago Bears did, 82 of which came from Justin Fields. And Justin Fields looks like a great quarterback last night, as he did, because receivers are going to run open. Even mediocre receiving core that Chicago has, those guys were getting open because they were able to run the football. And that is where kind of the rubber meets the road with what happened last night on Monday night. And the really interesting thing about this is Bill Belichick did nothing to help the situation. And I know Bill Belichick is, is going to be who he is and be stubborn and, and blunt and, and cut off in, in post-game press conferences. But he could have thrown either quarterback a bone there. Yeah, wouldn't he, he it be more surprising, though, if Bill Belichick threw a life preserver out to anybody? I mean, yes and no. It's, it's your quarterback. Like, it's if you're going to do it for literally anyone, that's who you do it for. And that was one of the things that, uh, players often said they appreciated about uh, Brady and Belichick. Over all those years, the first guy who would get the criticism was Tom Brady on the film. The guy who was, uh, Belichick was the hardest on was Tom Brady, and he kind of played that. He, he leaned into it, Brady did, and then he got sick of it eventually, and he wanted the praise, and he wanted to be treated differently. Belichick well, he, is now <laughs> is now with the young quarterbacks not treating those guys any different than he did. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I think it, you you hear from other quarterbacks in the league about the oh you know well, I get this day off and no they don't ever get blasted in the film room. No, I don't ever get this. I mean, I, I get that. And Tom, that you know, year twelve is going. Well, this really year fifteen still year seventeen really year eighteen. Yeah. No, I'm done with this. You know, and that's I, I get Belichick has his ways, but. When you're talking about like a quarterback controversy and how you handle things publicly, you can absolutely blast Mac Jones Monday. Like you can do that, but post game, you can throw him a life preserver. I, I think that <laughs> I think it's okay to do. So that way, it's not boiling over into every morning talk show like today or you mm-hmm. know a Tuesday on a Monday night into what is I mean, ensure I'm sure in Boston right now they're losing their freaking minds because that's yeah. what they do in Boston. Oh, of course they do. Of course they do. And now the Patriots are sitting uh, just like everybody else in the NFL, seemingly. After, what, seven games, Patriots are 3-4, and four, the exact same record as the Chicago Bears. Who saw that one coming? Ugh. I still think the Bears are awful. All right, we've got uh, NFL meat on the bone coming up at the top of next hour. We wrap up hour number one next. Danny Dusty on the fan. On the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. All right, 503-250-1080. That is the fan text line. Um, We've got a lot of good texts coming in. We were talking Monday Night Football and the Bailey Zappi 
um, Mac Jones quarterback controversy. This text <laughs> says on BetMGM right before Zappy threw his touchdown, the odds taken off were taken off the board. He was one hundred and one to win Rookie of the Year. Now he's fourth at eleven to one. There's no way. There is no way uh, he will win Rookie of the Year because I don't see. I don't see this being one of those quarterback controversies. Where one, he's he's just not the best rookie in the NFL. We know that. Yeah, that's and, not even he, close. He won't he won't win the rookie of the year unless the New England Patriots start him at quarterback and they don't lose another another game. But I don't see that happening because of all the other things that we talked about with New England. They have bigger issues than just Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. And I think when Jones is healthy, he will be the guy that they kind of they turn to. But that game in this New England team, we have a we have a problem with the traditional powers of the NFL. They are not as as powerful as they once were. Think about it. You have the Patriots are struggling right now at uh, three and four and have a losing record. The Pittsburgh Steelers are two and five. You have uh, the Green Bay Packers are 3 and 4 and then the entire a- NFC West is kind of on its head with the team that everybody thought tanking um is not in the Seattle Seahawks but the Rams are 3 and 3 coming off the Super Bowl and they look lost and there's injuries of plenty and injuries abound it's kind of like a reprogramming and a a reintegration that we're looking at with how we perceive the NFL because there are teams that have been um, hmm. I guess on the roller coaster ups and downs. Like Philadelphia is a great example of this. They are a very well-run organization. They are. They have ran into some years where they ran that thing in the side of the mountain. Uh, sometimes it was their own doing in the, the front office shakeups that they had when they hired Chip Kelly and Howie Roseman took a backseat, and then there was backstabbing for Heb Roseman to get power again and get Chip Kelly out. That was, And then even, even running off Andy Reid after successful years, but as we saw, it was a necessary evil. And then they bring Doug Peterson in, he wins the Super Bowl, and they've been a roller coaster up and down, and then they fire him a couple years later. And now they bring in Nick Sirianni. It was a complete disaster. Now they're the only undefeated team in the NFL. You have these teams that have been roller coasters, like Philly, well, the NFC East, like the New York Giants, uh, who had a revolving door of coaches after Tom Coughlin, and now they bring in Brian Dayball and feel like Daniel Jones all of a sudden is good enough to win games. You're 6-1, and one, and all of them are one-score games. I don't know if we've ever seen a 6-1 and one team with a point differential plus 20 before. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild to think about. I mean, six wins, twenty points divided by six. Uh, oh, oh, that yeah. that gets real, real tight, real quick. Yeah, and you have one loss in there too, which is, is nuts to think of. Literally less than three points a game. If you're, but if we are that. thinking of some of the traditional powers in the in the institutions of the NFL over the last couple of decades. They are not. Uh, living up to their end of the bargain. Meanwhile, the Jets are five and two. The Bills are five and one, and you know the Giants and the Eagles are, are sitting atop of the NFC East. And we've got a power shift right now. The Packers in the Buccaneers with with Brady and Rodgers, their teams are flawed in, in big ways. And you have these 
young coaches. Well, heck, we saw we started seeing it last year with the Bengals. <laughs> the Bengals were in the Super Bowl for God's sakes last year. The NFL is a change, and in the whole dream of parity that Roger Goodell started preaching over a decade ago, it's here, man. The bloodletting has taken place as far as the traditional powers with the the quarterback mm-hmm. position changing over. I mean, uh, Rodgers and Brady are, are the last holdovers. I mean, gone are, are Peyton, gone are Breeze. I mean, Aaron and, and Tom are, are right there. Rivers, Eli, like that whole group of this golden age of quarterbacks is transitioning into this new era. And, and not only that, you're getting this new era of fresh blood. And, and mm-hmm. it's it's two teams in particular have done – tremendously in the draft in the last year or two, and it's showing up this season. The Seattle Seahawks and the New York Jets were not supposed to be where they are. They were not. No. And you look at the, the Seahawks, they they might have had the best draft this this past year, as I've seen probably since the Seahawks in, what was it, 20, 2011, 2011 when they, they grabbed everybody? When, when they drafted Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner? Yeah, they, they might be on that, that stage right now. They've got two starting tackles that are both rated in the top 20. They've got arguably the second best rookie corner out there. The the other one, Sauce Gardner, is the best rookie corner right now. And Sauce. this this is tremendous from uh, PFF. This is Sauce Gardner in single coverage since week four. He's been targeted thirteen times. He has allowed one catch for four yards. Has one interception, six forced incompletions, and a seven point five passer rating allowed. They have stopped throwing at him. They are as they should. He's really good. That they are he, as a rookie, he is Charles Woodsoning. They they just went nah. We're not we're not going to go that way. And you look at the Jets. Unfortunately, two of their young studs got put on IR just a few minutes ago. Adam Schefter announced that Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker have both been put on uh, on IR. Uh, but the, again, you want to talk about their draftability? They have done so well over the last couple years. And whether or not they hit on Wilson, that's still up in the air. But they are building a framework, and they are building what a mentality. And we're seeing this in Seattle with with Pete Carroll and, and getting back to what he wants to do. They're seeing this in the NBA with, with Joe and Chauncey here locally. You're seeing this in New York with Robert Sala. You're seeing it again in, in New York with Dave. Like you, you were seeing th- leagues and teams – the best ones are getting smarter and smarter and smarter about not saying, hey, we're going to build a team like X or Y, but we're going to take more of our coaches into consideration, stylistically maximizing what we can do, investing in the culture, the mindset, the mentality, and having it trickle down from the top down and not trying to just catch something, some flash in the pan. I've heard people say that about the Rams. Like, no, they built this over years. They they got good quick, but they built this culture over years between Lesney and McVay of how they want to play, what they want to do, and part of their culture is F them picks. It is to get players now and impactful, but they built it up over time. And I think that you're seeing more and more teams where there was so there was so much room in the on the margins for good teams to be great. I, because the bad teams were so bad, because they're so dysfunctional. There's only three or four truly dysfunctional teams in each major professional sport right now. 
and that makes the room for air less. And so you have to be smarter and more patient and more precise in what you do. And I think you're seeing that across basically every league now. Yeah. All right, 503-250-1080. That does it for hour number one. Coming up in hour number two, we start with meat on the bone. Let's get to the leftovers from the NFL. Danny and Dusty on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.